Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Are you tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And by the way, it also elicited a line that gave ABC its next show, which is when Bennett said, I'm not on The Babysitter. I'm on The Bachelorette. And by the way, 10 out of 10 would watch The Babysitter. (laughs) (laughs) Would watch it so hard. I don't know what it is. Is it babysitters competing to take care of some kids? I don't know. I just am spitballing here. You're welcome, ABC. Sacrifice the children. Welcome to Here to Make Friends, a HuffPost podcast about the Bachelor franchise, where we lovingly snark on The Bachelor and Bachelor-adjacent shows. Whether you love The Bachelor or love to hate it, we're here to break down every single delicious moment with you. I'm Emma Gray. And I'm Claire Fallon. It's the day before Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving Eve, if you will, um, a nationally recognized holiday. And for many of us, it might feel like there's less to be thankful for than ever. Yeah, this has really been a year that's filled with loneliness and loss for so many Americans. It's been a really tough 2020, but we do want to take a leaf from Bachelor Nation's sweetheart, Dr. Joe, eliminated but never forgotten in our hearts, and focus on the good that's around us and what we do have to be grateful for this week, and specifically on this podcast. A very good episode of The Bachelorette. It feels like they cracked the code of quarantine bubble Bachelorette production, finally brought us an episode of that good, classic, frothy Bachelor fun with an added bonus of some really awesome substantive conversations. And here to discuss it all with us, we have BFF of the pod, Allison Williams on Thanksgiving week. Uh, on this magical week, this I mean, <laughs> nationally recognized day. Yeah, your level of dedication to Tasha and to us is unparalleled. It is. You know. You know what it is. You know. I'll be here. You know that, <laughs> like Joe, I will make time and show up, and that is what I aspire to. And we appreciate ben, sorry, that. sorry, not like Joe. I meant Ben. I meant Ben. <laughs> <laughs> like Ben, I will always show up for you and for Tasha. Except for that one time when he didn't. Yeah, that's true. He was <laughs> no ready to perfect. show up. He just was on a different timeline <laughs> than everyone else. He was taking things slow. And he's learned. He's, he's learned, learned, guys. That's what matters. <laughs> So uh, just before we dive in, um, I don't know if we want to call this a call to action this week, but um, the holidays are going to be a really rough time for 
spread, especially, you know, for people who are essential workers, people who work in hospitals, this is going to be a really, really, really difficult, scary, painful time. And um, so whatever you can do to alleviate that, you know, remember to keep masking up, social distancing, wash your hands, avoid travel, do whatever you can to keep yourself and your community safe um, so that there are hospital beds and everyone can get through this time uh, as healthily and safely as possible. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, yes. so let's just hunker down a little bit longer. And uh, with our good friend, Tasha Adams, who mm-hmm. is really in the midst of a journey to find love. Like, we are deep in it now. We are. We are. With the exception of what just happened, I actually am starting to learn some of their names for <laughs> the first time this season. I felt super proud and uh, currently a little deflated, but I'll try to I'll try to prove myself Look, there, throughout the there's course There's time of the for episode. a comeback. There, just you. like Ben, you too can improve. I literally just learned Kenny and Joe's names this week. <laughs> I'm still pretty convinced that Ben is named Bennett. And then whenever Bennett comes up, I'm confused. I'm like, that's not Bennett. Oh, right. That is Bennett. You just think his name is Harvard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it should be. Um, there are also a lot of B names on this season. I'm not blaming anyone, but a lot of Bs. Um, so we open... Uh, Again, they had a rose ceremony in the middle of last episode, so we open kind of midweek. There's just been a group date that, quick reminder, Noah crashed and then got the group date rose on. So we open with all the guys hanging out around the pool. Noah and Chasen appear to have formed an alliance and are regarding their enemies from their own cabana. Um, And Chasen is like, you lost your superpower. You don't have a mustache anymore to back, back your big talk up with. And Noah's like, yeah, a bunch of weens. Weens is Noah's word. What did you guys think of weens, uh, Noah this episode? I'm not going to lie. Weens made me laugh a lot. <laughs> I think that says more about me than Noah, but it just was so surprising. I and agree. I was really I was really struck by it. Uh, <laughs> it really seems to speak to who Noah is as a young child. <laughs> totally. It did feel very generational. I was like, you're not going to catch a 35-year-old on this show no. calling the other men a bunch of weens. In fact, we saw a 35-year-old later on the show use a colloquial term that the youngs use, which I thought was really endearing. Um, but the feels? I will, I'll point the that feel? out. With yeah. the feels, yes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how refreshing to have like someone who doesn't know what I loved it says on. Yeah, exactly. I was like, I love to see representation for my generation. Exactly. (laughs) My elderly generation. I don't know when it happened, but I really became aware this year that I was no longer part of the generation that has the fun new colloquialisms. And now I sound like the grandma who's like, what is it that you kids say on the interwebs these days? Totally. Um, Pretty embarrassing. It's a tough transition. Um, but but after Noah, you know, makes his proclamation, Chris Harrison shows up and is like, guys, you learned a lesson. Tasha likes a bold move, which is unfortunate because this is like the most beautifully uh, soft group of soft boys I've ever seen, but which wait, I love. Two things. 
while Chris was talking to them, they were squinting so hard. They were blinded. They were staring directly into the sun and they had, obviously they couldn't put their sunglasses on for the camera, but I was dying. It literally made it look like Chris Harrison is too brilliant to look at directly. Like they couldn't, all of them, they cut to them. <laughs> like Their eyes are basically closed. They can't see. I was like, this is brutal. Even when they're at one hotel, they find ways to position them so that they cannot have their eyes open the whole time. Um, that just made me laugh. Sorry. I just had to, I just assumed, I assumed that it was Chris and his radiance because I mean, he's really put, putting in a lot of work this episode and I appreciate it. Treat him with a great deal of reverence, you know, but they have notes. (laughs) (laughs) They do. It's like, listen, you're my hero. I have actually more of a comment than a question today. I have a note. (laughs) That made me laugh. We'll get to that. Sorry, I'm putting it halfway. No, there's so many funny moments of this episode. I really Um, loved this episode so much. This date will be actually a competition for a one-on-one. Bennett, Ivan, Blake, Riley, Damar, Kenny, and Zach will be writing and performing an original love song in the space of one hour. Um for a chance at a one-on-one with Tasha, So to, they, they head inside. There's a table covered in instruments, like a seventh grade music class. There's a tambourine. There's maracas. There's a guitar. There's bongos. It really brought me back. I know. I had, hadn't seen a good maraca in, in a minute. <laughs> Where's the recorder? <laughs> um, so I guess the problem with a wind instrument is that you can't sing at the same time, but I would have liked to see them get creative with that, you know, do a little interlude maybe. It's very true. They figured out ways to also not sing while playing percussive instruments. (laughs) Nothing can stop them. Um, So this is when we learn, and I needed a little while to brace myself, that Bennett is going to rap. Um, Yeah, it's he tells us, I did not take any music courses at Harvard, that's for sure. But I did spit some flow for my high school friends over some retreats. I, what? This was what? Like some white boy prep school. Guys, shit right these are here. my people. If, <laughs> I am I am here to translate sentences like this, and I have to tell you, I am going to fail you on this one. I have <laughs> literally no I paused, I looked at it, I looked at the subtitles, I watched it again other than knowing that it was embarrassing and he didn't know that he was embarrassing himself while it was happening. Like I can picture it happening, but the retreats thing, I'm just, look, he goes on some treats. He just goes on retreats as you do, as you when you go on retreats and you spit some flow. It's just some retreats. I spat flow. Yeah. Others. I did not. It just happens. I, He's like, yeah, of course, the retreats that we all go on. Yeah, all the retreats you know. in which you spit some flow. It's just a my, very normal uh, high school experience for a my, young white man. <laughs> my best guess was just based on his like posture and everything is debate group. But honestly, I don't think he would be good enough at debating to be part of a debate group that would have retreats. So I really am at a loss. I'm really sorry for failing you. But then again, I went to Yale. So like maybe if I'd gone to Harvard, yeah, it's probably I would be a Harvard able to thing. decode. It's a whole a different thing. elite culture. Yeah. I mean, for me, retreats are youth group, which are, you know, religious in nature <laughs> where I come from. But uh, I wouldn't presume that that's a particularly universal experience. 
Um, certainly I don't discuss them in this way. Unfortunately, we don't really, we, we do not get clarity on this. Uh, we'll never know. You know, it's just one of those questions that will be hanging in the ether for us, maybe forever. We'll just have to live with that. But what I did appreciate about this date is that none of them were talented, which honestly Mm -hmm. made it way more enjoyable to watch. Like it was funny and weird and absurd. Usually there's at least one. Even Kenny, whose literal job is to manage boy bands, I was like, nothing. he's going to pull nothing. something out. <laughs> no. No, and Damar really built himself up. Like, I was like, maybe he's secretly, or like Ivan, one of them's going to secretly be an amazing singer. They weren't. And honestly, I appreciated that. It was like not an, er- it was much less earnest than it could have been. And I was happy. <laughs> yeah, I mean... They all try something different. Kenny does a song that I think he believes is an acrostic of some sort. He's like, a you're the A and let's start something. <laughs> I guess there's an A in that. Um, <laughs> Riley does spoken word to like string music. Um, I think that's know, just Jamar- a toast. <laughs> yeah. just gave a toast. You know, as we learned from Hannah B's season, not everyone can do that. True, so, true. Or, or from her for her appearance, rather. Um, Damar did, I think, put most of his effort into writing the song. Yes. Um, not everyone's a great vocalist, but I do have to say, he put together a pretty respectable pop song for an hour. I agree. Um, I, I was actually, I was actually impressed by that. Um, you know, Ivan pulls the move of, of inviting mm-hmm. Tasha up on stage, which I think really sealed it. For him, he also did a sort of slam poetry performance, um, and and of course Bennett. Yeah, raps. I did write down what I thought were all the words to Bennett's rap, but reading them back now, I it's don't really feel upsetting. Like this can be right? It's really upsetting <laughs> just seeing this written. I just out. said, "Oh God, Bennett, what is happening? This hurts everywhere." <laughs> yeah, that's I accurate. Didn't transcribe it. So here's what I've got. You don't need no Harvard degree Oof, to be in Paris already, eating brie with me. Just Before so I get down on one knee, gonna need that one-on-one with me? Say that one, no pressure, Tasha. <laughs> I'm taking you home to Mecha. Yeah. I feel uh, like that can't be right, but that's no, what it I was. Think. That it is. That, it that is, is right. correct, because I distinctly <laughs> remember the taking you home to Mecha part, and it was... I had been cringing the whole time and then it was like an extra dose and let you know what let's just can we just move on from it I would just like to move on permanently from just like white people feeling really impressed that they can rap when they can't rap and they probably (laughs) shouldn't even be trying just like let's leave that in 2020 especially on this show we've watched so much of it over the years I just like is he doing an elaborate bit where he started us with the premise that he went to Harvard and it has confused all of us into thinking there must be something he knows that we just haven't encountered yet? Because every date begins with him being like, well, I've never spelled anything or I've never done arithmetic. I never studied music. Like it's all like I'm not I'm not sure what we're left with at this point that Bennett does, in fact, know. What does Bennett know? He knows where he went to college. He does. He's very sure yeah. of that. And he will tell you. I mean, yeah. it, okay. it's it's a tight. I feel like a lot of people who go to Harvard are like performatively uncomfortable admitting it because it seems snobby. 
and you know oh I went to school near Boston yeah no not MIT it's like a cliche the the guy who's like FYI went to Harvard (laughs) is somehow worse but yeah, it it's worse with a me... period after it than a question mark, which is the, <laughs> the modest way most people say it. Um, Harvard, you know, like, <laughs> that's right. Harvard is where you went. Yeah, you ever heard of it? I, it's no big deal. I mean, I, I think that based on his performance so far, um, and how often he mentions Harvard, you gotta wonder, like, does he know that's the best thing he has to offer? Is just the fact that he went there. That was years ago, you know? You have to kind of show that you have something other than a degree from a school from almost two decades ago in order to be a good a good partner. I would have loved to drop in on a conversation with him and Ed where Ed's math SAT score was revealed. Did the two of them just sit in silence for the moments after to be like, yeah, and then now we're here. <laughs> <laughs> now we're here. It just made me think, I mean, Ed is 36. <laughs> Like by the time you're by the time you've graduated I do college, not remember. I, I do don't not. know what my SAT score is because it's not a relevant piece of information to my like, life. Like, I feel like by the time you graduate from college, if it appears on your resume, people are like, "Really? Like we don't care about that." You're you took a standardized test in high school. Like okay, <sighs> moving along. I mean, yes, so yeah. Sorry. Look, American education is one giant scam. It's just what we keep keep learning uh, on this show. But Taisha chooses Ivan. Yes, great choice. Amazing choice for the romantic one-on-one. And this leads us into, like, one of the best dates I think we've ever seen on this show. Ever. 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 Easily. Easily. Like, I think we could say the best. Like, it was... I just loved every moment of it. I'm so obsessed with Ivan. I'm very afraid he's going to get his sweet little heart broken. Me too. But I love him. Yeah. I mean, Tasha admits he's not her typical type, which the other guys, it seems like, have already picked up on. Mm-hmm. Brendan, I think, who's also an early front runner, is also not that type. You know, she's saying she usually likes bold, confident guys. Like, the guys who are shy are an aberration for her. Um but maybe it'd be really good for her. Like, yeah. it seems like a good complimentary. She says later that, like, her type is gentle souls. And I think just, like, that actually is a common thread with a lot like of these Ivan, men, including JPJ, Zach. you know? Mm. Yeah, yeah, Ivan, Zach, Ben. Brendan. Ben. Brendan. They're yeah. all sort of, like, laid back and will get in the mix, but not, like, aren't, like, at the forefront of and also hot and hot yeah well <laughs> really hot, gentle kind intelligent yeah souls what yeah. is but like definitely the hot type i mean i guess for sure <laughs> like if you're into that sort of thing just like a really kind man who can make me laugh and has a 12 pack just like yeah. not a lot to ask you know? <laughs> and who knows when the floor is lava yeah so the date is that she he just comes over to chill in her suite for the evening she's wearing like silky pjs which he calls comfortable attire <laughs> I was like comfortable is you won't see for like two months yeah 
He's like, it's not a sparkly bandage dress. So this must be the most casual she gets. Yeah. He's like, she still looks really good, even though she's in her PJs. And I'm like, (laughs) they are silk. It's a silk camisole. Like, that's literally lingerie. She has been professionally styled with uh, professional hair and makeup. Like, I hate to break it to you, bud. If you have not seen retainers, you have not seen comfortable attire yet. <laughs> yeah. Wait until the granny panties and yeah, yeah, the retainers yeah. and the zit cream yeah. comes out. You know, not there yep. yet. Um, so they start by playing The Floor is Lava. Um, I loved this. Which is very cute. Then she starts a pillow fight. Down feathers get everywhere. These are clearly prop pillows. They're just now. like a pillowcase full of feathers. It's just <laughs> a pillowcase <laughs> full of feathers. Um, they play Twister, they play Bocce, um, and Ivan is just having the best time. Like, he is a little more quiet and reserved, and so having a date that's just one-on-one where there isn't that much, like, pressure to, uh, put on any sort of performance seems much more comfortable for him. He's like, Taisha brings life into me, she brings out the best in me, which is exactly what Taisha wants to hear, um... And so once the games kind of wind down, they start having some really thoughtful conversations. Um, first, they, they're like comparing their arms and they're like, oh, we have like the same skin tone. And they start talking about their backgrounds. Um, he is uh, black and Filipino and she's black and Mexican. And she's like, yeah, I've known Filipino people, but never, you know, people who are mixed Filipino. And just generally she's not used to being with a guy who has that similar element to his background um which they talk about a few times throughout the night um and I thought that was something really I mean we never really have seen that on the show yeah I mean look this is what we get when the show actually deigns to cast leads and cast contestants who are from a diversity of backgrounds and not just cast them but then allow their conversations to be aired unfiltered and not be overly produced in a way that ends up tokenizing them. And I do, you know, I want to be clear that like, I don't think any of us want to give the show itself a gold star for this. Like this is what should have been happening from day one, like allowing a diverse mix of people to have honest conversations about their lives while they're dating each other. Um, But I do think to me, it felt like, Like, what a gift, especially given the fact that the Bachelorette audience is by and far white women. Like, what a gift for these two people to kind of give that audience of, like, allowing us into um, what was a really, you know, serious and, and tough and telling conversation about race, racism, um, incarceration, police brutality, like, Everything that we got here was, I don't know, I was just, like, shocked to see it on the show in a, in a great way and also just, like, really grateful to the two of them for kind of letting us in in that way. Yeah, I mean, hearing George Floyd's name on The Bachelorette was just, like, something I never thought would happen. I never, never. thought. I think because of COVID, they kind of had to relinquish a certain amount of the fantasy that they maintain of like because they're at this house and they're traveling all over the world and like all of this stuff it's like because of covid it's gonna look the same every single week and it's a constant reminder to us of this reality that we're all living in and continuing yeah. to live in and so i think it sort of 
maybe gave them what felt like permission to break the fourth wall even more and talk about the all of the other contexts in which the season began, including the like political and you know social justice um, context that it came up in. And I just thought like to have a conversation that goes from comparing you know their racial backgrounds to substance abuse, to prison, to corrections officers, to police officers, to George Floyd, to the movement for black lives, to growing up in a predominantly white neighborhood when you're not white, what that's like. It was just, I couldn't believe I was watching this show. It was so vital and awesome. And it it seemed really um, intense for both of them, particularly Tasha, who I'm sure felt like I've never seen this conversation on this show before. Is this something that we can talk about? You know, like it did actually make me wonder that when you have these younger contestants, like I've always assumed these conversations were happening all the time, but maybe for the last couple of years, they just haven't been happening all that much or they've been really simplified. I don't know. Yeah. There's a couple of things that you said that I think are really, really good point. One is that they usually can like throw a bunch of stuff at us to distract us from how shallow the conversations are. And maybe that's because they're not giving the people that much time to talk. Maybe it's because they're cutting a lot of what they're talking because it doesn't feel like the right thing to show to them. But they can instead show them rappelling down a building or they can show them, you know, wandering around a a market and picking out crafts. And when they can't do that, then they can either have a really boring show or they can show them having real conversations. And when they've leaned into that, it's been really successful. And I hope that they take a, a lesson from that. And I mean, not they know in many ways what they're doing much better than I do. But like, for me, this was really good TV. And it was, um, I think a step forward for, for the show, um, in the ways that, you know, in terms of representation and having real conversations, um, about life. And also like the fact that, you know, and we've discussed this in interviews with some previous contestants of color, that like often if you go on the show if you're cast as a black person it's because production sees you as someone who is black but also can speak to a white audience that you are from a black uh, uh, from a white neighborhood you have a lot of white friends maybe you have a white parent they're looking for that way to like slot you easily into the white dominated universe of the bachelor and um and as Tasha discusses she does fit that that mold and so to be able to instead lean into your blackness and have a conversation about that um is is something that there hasn't been much opportunity to do on the show and that's been a huge problem i i loved seeing them have this conversation which you know does weave through a few different um parts they talk about their parents they talk about um how they were both older older siblings and this is sort of how we get into the the really deeper conversation because Ivan starts telling her about his younger brother um he always wanted to be a good example for his younger brother but then when he went to college he you know, his brother started getting into drugs and drinking. He ended up spending four years in jail, in prison. 
um, and he just had a baby with his girlfriend. And so, you know, he had this daughter who couldn't even touch her dad for the first few years of her life. Um, and, you know, often that's where the conversation would end, even if such a thing were shown, you know, it was really hard. Right, right. It would be it would yes, be used like, more as like, up. oh, yeah. look at exactly. here's evidence that this person has gone through something, anything hard. The lead needs to respond in a kind way and then move on and use that as like a, a way to prove their worthiness for love. Um, and I think that the show is really, really preoccupied, um, kind of what you touched on earlier, Claire, with like perpetuating that narrative that like these conversations are are only to prove their worthiness for the lead whereas in real life dating is about getting to know another person it's about building intimacy through discussing things that are not just like are you open and vulnerable and have you had a long relationship like it's about really knowing someone and figuring out whether that person is a good fit for your life and and you are a good fit for theirs. And I think to see Tasha and Ivan connect on these things was really really beautiful and it made also for for arguably much better, more interesting, more vibrant television. Like you don't need to maintain an aura of, you know, of of a world in which like politics and race and you know, movements and, you know, all of these things that we are grappling with in the real world don't exist. When you actually allow them to exist, you get so much more specificity. And um, I think it's much easier to then connect to these people and understand who they are. And I was also just like very, very struck by the fact that Ivan was clearly aware that he was opening up a space that Taisha might have felt that she hadn't had before. Um, and I think you could sort of see how emotional that was for her, um, kind of, as you said, Claire, like coming from a world where she's like very aware of what this show is. Um, and then, you know, of course, as you said, like this initial personal conversation leads into Ivan really talking about what he's seen um, in terms of the prison system and in terms of police brutality especially by way of his brother and of course by you know existing as a man in a black body himself um and he talks about the way that corrections officers were really abusive to his brother um and and how kind of inhumane the american prison system is which i i was also thinking like the, incarceration in general i think this might be only the second, the second conversation we've seen on the show yeah. Um, so that felt really, really important. Yeah. And to see it framed not first through like this family member, which like is understandable, like this family member, you know, this was something that they did and they had to pay for their crime or like it was sort of like a, a painful thing for me, a disappointment framed through like the experience of being in the prison system and what it reveals about the conditions that all, you know, black people are are faced with. Um, you know, he brings up George Floyd here and says, you know, you're thinking about police brutality more than ever this year. You're thinking about that conversation. But, you know, in prison, 
you know, no one can see what the correctional officers are doing. Yeah. Um, and they're not protected from from that. And and that's something I really wouldn't would be shocked if there wasn't a lot of backlash from certain parts of the audience um, to this uh, this critique of, of mean, the system. No one who's but, ever um, been into a prison or has spent any time in a prison. It's just this is how it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a very honest and, you know, and he says even that he himself, his first thought was, well, what did you do that that they had to react this way? But then he realized that it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter what a what a person in the system does or person on the street does a police police officer, a correctional officer. Their job is not to, like, hurt people. Um, And. So he really talks about how his brother being in this in the system was a, a vector for him to to change and to become more aware um, of injustice. And he and his brother are still really close. Um, and his brother's out of out of prison now. And and so he ha- comes through it with this this sense of just like a deepening of his commitment to justice. And and this is where he does really give Tasha the opportunity to to access this side of herself and her feelings about these issues. Yeah, he asked her directly, you know, how has this year and all of the upheaval specifically surrounding Black Lives Matter, like how has that affected you? And you can see Tasha just like really grappling with that question. And again, grappling with the fact that perhaps she has not been like offered up the space in this loving way um, by many people before. And, and I she love gets... the way he sits with her yeah. while she's yes. in this moment. Like the other thing is that what we we're so conditioned, we've been so like whatever the opposite of spoiled is <laughs> by these interactions, the way they work typically, because they're so formulaic that I'm expecting him to reach over and comfort her. And then she's not going to respond. She's just going to cry. And then they move on. But instead he's like, I've got you. You're good. You're good. You know, it's like both of them in their vulnerability offered opportunities for the viewers to grow with them and to learn from things they've admitted that they are currently in the process of learning about. When he told that story about asking his brother, what did you do? You know, the sort of victim blaming framing. uh, He is admitting this line of questioning that was rampant um, earlier this year and is rampant every time there is someone that's murdered by the hand of the police. The knee-jerk question from a huge proportion of our you know, population is, well, what did they do to deserve it? And it's a false premise, obviously, but admitting that that was where he started and that he, he has learned a lot from that questioning and allows the audience who may have also had that question grow with him in that realization. And for Tasha to be hit so hard visibly in the moment by this question and by this subject matter allows people to also realize that like, you know, everyone had a lot of learning to do, almost everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people <laughs> and not everyone that you would expect had a lot of learning to do this year. And and especially for people who don't like, like the three of us, it's been particularly painful and hard. And as she described, putting all your energy into fitting in makes it even more yeah. painful because um, I don't have that written down, but if one of you does, yeah yeah she says that i mean she's from orange county and she says yeah i was the only person who looked like i did you know it's a very it was a very white 
um, place to grow up. And she is now realizing that she's been trying to blend in her whole life because she knew that she was different. And, um, and she says when she heard people shouting Black Lives Matter at protests, um, it just really hit her very hard. And I think that that is such a good point, I think, for a lot of people who will say, like, oh, I have a Black friend or, you know, these Black contestants on the show, they seem perfectly happy with the situation. Like, they, they date white people. It's fine. Um, I'm not being very articulate about this, but like the, the point being like, there are ways that people who are marginalized survive in the dominant culture. And that doesn't mean that they can't have very deep and profound friendships or romances with, with white people, um, or that there isn't a lot of good in their lives. But there is also that component always that might be very suppressed in order to survive, um, of, of being different in a way that they're expected to ignore or push aside um, and that they're expected to not really acknowledge that that wholeness of themselves in a white setting. And so to see her talk about that and to be like, yeah, I am a Bachelor Nation standby and I, I am part of this um this world and I come from a background where everyone is white but that doesn't mean that that being black isn't a really significant part of me um that I need to that I need to acknowledge and care for I thought that that was really powerful too I completely completely agree and it it, I don't know the whole thing was just really beautiful and I also was really struck by then how much this very substantive conversation did clearly allow them to feel closer to each other, potentially romantically. Like these things are not separate. They, these are, this is the way we live and the way we bond with people. We talk about the real things in our lives and then we also can make out with them. Like those things don't need to be, um, you know, sort of viewed as, as, as mutually exclusive. And I just thought that, the whole, I thought that Ivan's framing of everything and Tasha's response were both just like so very generous. I mean, to each other, but also to the audience. Like they knew that they were being filmed. They knew the who would be watching. These people are, you know. And again, I just thought like it was, it was like a really generous gift to give us and to sort of, Give, uh, bring us as the audience along with them. And I hope that people who may not have had some of these conversations with people in their own lives can really sit with what they heard Tasha and I have been talking about and really take it to heart. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think also ironic that it came out of a date that started with The Floor is Lava, which in a way made fun of kind of the way that this show puts people in terrifying situations for sport to create like a trauma bond situation. (laughs) Yes. But then the actual bonding happened through processing like capital T trauma of living in this country, not with white skin. Um, And they were, they just like found this connection with each other. Like you were saying, Emma, that was so much 
deeper, I mean, skydiving aside, (laughs) bungee jumping aside, I'm so sorry, no shade to those activities, but like this just felt a little sturdier to me and a little bit more substantive because what they were bonding with uh, each other about, I mean, started by literally comparing the shades of skin that they have and ended by talking about what that has meant for both of them and their experiences of life. So anyway, uh, yeah, just thought it was. That's a really good point. I like, it's funny. I'm also thinking that the floor is lava is kind of a play acting out of the way that certain topics are completely off limits on the show. (laughs) Can't just jump right over that. I mean, Claire and Dale, like we didn't get to have, we didn't get to see any of the conversations that they talked about on their, on the Becca Rachel podcast. So like, it's not like, Right. And I I do know, I do know that like just from having spoken to people that like there has been in the past a general vibe of sure, you can try to have conversations about some of these things, but like that's not going to be shown on camera. So you might as well use your, you know, use your time for something else. Like that has been like explicitly said to contestants in the past. Yeah. And so I think this does clearly represent a shift on the part of production in just like a- allowing these interactions to exist organically um which again is should be like base level but unfortunately has not been historically on the show and I don't know I just I, I really loved it I thought it was really generous and I am excited to see more from these two as as we move forward in the I season, I not wanted to end. You know how they I always know. say, "I didn't want it to end." I was like, "I don't want this." You're to like, end. "I don't." I want this yeah, to like be the show. <laughs> I know. I'm like two hours of this. Let's go. Yes. I'm ready. Like, yes. I was really struck by how often Tasha says that she's never really been able to have a conversation like this with someone who shares the background that she does. That she has never been in a relationship like that, and she's kind of taken aback by what that offers to her. And I think that that is a great um, parallel uh, to what's going on with the show writ large here, which is like, oh, we never realized how rich it would be to to give the opportunity for a conversation like this, for a pairing like this to happen on screen. And uh, I love that she kind of voiced that as it applied to her specifically. And then she gives him the rose. Shocking. Duh. Um, and it's beautiful. And, I, I guess I guess nice. we need to move on to the rest of the episode because other things whatever. did in fact happen, unfortunately. We're going to take a quick break, but when we get back, we'll have more on the maybe best episode of The Bachelorette ever with Allison Williams. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life, and I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. And something that can really help me sort that through and like take action is therapy. I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even connect where they're coming from with the actual origin. We all carry around these stressors, right? And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a great safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually 
work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love to see it. Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I, I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender, I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. I am so glad that it's finally warming up. And it also means that I just want to have fun this summer and I don't want to be worrying about meal prep. And luckily... I can do something about that with Factor, especially because they have so many meal options like Protein Plus, Keto, Vegetarian, something for every diet. Their fresh, never frozen meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Make your whole day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. I love having a few factor meals just sitting in my fridge, especially because I work from home. It's so nice to finish up a taping and not have to figure out what to cook myself. Just look in my fridge and be like, oh, in two minutes, I can be eating mushroom chicken thighs and wild rice or tomato basil chicken risotto or Santa Fe style green chili beef skillet. And they always have a nice like vegetable side. It feels well balanced. I feel full after and it's not a headache at all. Head to factormeals.com slash LTSI 50 and use code LTSI 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code LTSI 50 at factormeals.com slash LTSI 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Oh, I'm so happy the weather is finally turning. If you, like me, have been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune, then Quince is for you. You can build up a lineup of timeless pieces that will keep you looking effortlessly chic year after year. Like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, 
timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings right on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, as well as premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for all these staples. I mean, linen is my favorite summer fabric. They have so many amazing linen staples. I also found my new go-to like summer running around to the playground in the coffee shop bag. It's the pebbled Italian leather front sling bag. I can just fit a wallet and my phone and my AirPods in it, maybe some lip balm. Absolutely perfect. I'm so obsessed with it. And the price was exactly what I wanted to. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI. Anyone who's been listening to this podcast for a while or even not that long knows that we love article. I mean, honestly, I'm looking around my home right now. Coffee tables from article. That lovely chair out on my deck. Article. Our big console. Article. I'm My bed frame. Article. This is an article household. It is. And it's, I mean, it was an inspiration to me. We finally got our first article piece of furniture recently, our new couch. And my husband and I are both constantly just like, how did we live before this couch? This is such an improvement over what we had before. It's so comfortable. It just seems to get more comfortable every day. I mean, it's the couch you dream of. And the reason that we have both been able to find ideal furniture on Article is because Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some really delightful prices, too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. And their team of designers are all about finding that perfect balance between style, quality, and price because we all want the best of all of those three things united in one piece of furniture, right? Plus, they're dedicated to thoughtful craftsmanship that stands the test of time and, you know, looks good doing it. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. And now back to the show. We get another group date, which it goes from substantive to very goofy very quickly. Zach, Kenny, Damar, Bennett, Riley, and Blake. How far are you willing to go for love? And Noah is bummed because he does not get to go on a second group date. They did him so dirty. I know. I was like, you guys are awful. Clearly, they're all sitting there and they're like, Noah, how do you feel not getting the group date? He's like, well, I guess I'm pissed because it's a dating show and we all have a crush on the same girl. They just did him so dirty. I'm hoping people who watch this show know well enough that that's 
not Noah, just out of silence, piping up and being like, well, I am upset and I know that you all hate me already. So I'm just going to add fuel to that fire, which he'll do later. Like, don't get me wrong, but not. (laughs) Yeah, don't worry. He'll dig himself a much deeper, deeper hole. Um, But Becca, Kufrin and Sydney are are here to help Taisha run this truth or dare challenge. And they split the guys into teams of two. Bennett and Damar, Kenny and Blake, Zach and Riley. And they are off to do a bunch of like gross summer camp shit. I feel like they when they bring outsiders onto the show, it's basically like telling the guys like so so that they can know, well, if it doesn't work with the main, this is my dating pool now. <laughs> this, Look at these, these hot my, women. These <laughs> my, this is now my the the waters that I swim in. In paradise I, or in Los Angeles at influencer <laughs> events, this is my new dating pool. Yeah. And they're not wrong. They are not wrong. I think wrong. it's also a chance for the the friends of the lead, the quote unquote friends of the lead, to scope out future bachelor nation yes. dating pool. Yeah. I mean, it's and like, Becca is newly single at this point. I think um Sydney Sydney is in a relationship, but okay. but you know, Becca, these guys seem a lot less racist than Garrett. So <laughs> That's the bar. <laughs> the bar's low. So they have to do basically three three initial dares. They have to chug smoothies with, you know, cow Ugh. intestines and water scorpion and stuff in them. They have to find Chris Harrison's villa and have him autograph a private part of their body, their butt, uh, to be clear. This is this is a they're so chased suddenly. (laughs) They're like, we'll put you in thongs, sure, for a half hour, but we will not say the word but. Can't, sorry. Where the sun never shine. Yeah. Um, and then they have to make yeah, speaking of being chased, then they have to make orgasm noises into a phone that like broadcasts them to the whole resort. Guys, I just need to say that some of their faux orgasms made me like very concerned for what they're doing <laughs> in the bedroom. I'm like, is this like, like I'm, is I don't this know. What guys are out here sounding like, you know, like I've been off the dating scene for a long time and <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Like Kenny was just fully long? screaming. Kenny was just screaming. <laughs> like Becca says, I think like, I would drive him to the ER if I heard that. And she's not <laughs> wrong. It was very, it was, it's, he sounded in real pain. Bennett spoke, Bennett basically monologued, which felt right to me, honestly. It felt <laughs> yeah. I, I think I <laughs> said this, out. I think I chatted this to someone last night. I was like, this feels like very on brand for a wealth manager from Manhattan. He's like, oh yes, please. It's so good. Like, yeah, that sounds about, <laughs> about right. as exciting as sex with Bennett probably is. Blake um, decides to kind of mime like he's actually having sex. Sure which, does. Like, family show, Blake. Come on. Like, my cat but he's flexible. is watching. <laughs> um, and they decide, I mean, we've discussed this before on the show. We know that production has been informed of some allegations about Easy. Um sexual assault allegations reality steve and ashley spivey have reported on it a little bit and so it's surprising to me that they include easy's color commentary constantly noises i have to say that my the kind of the only way to interpret this is that he goes quite a long way 
Is that, that is possible? My suspicion. I don't. We don't know how far he goes exactly. I don't think he's in the the top handful, but you know he clearly sticks around for sticking yeah. around until just outside that final four or five. I mean, I still, regardless, feel like it is a poor decision to leave him in, basically saying, you know. I'm worried about Blake's soul. He needs to go to church or something like that after listening to his orgasm noises. Like, it, it, like, it could was... we not? Could we just not have easy right. commenting on some things? Like, it just was a two second dial it thing. Back. I would, I would think just drop it, you know? Um, it's sort of, yeah, it's been sort of genuinely confusing to watch. Last yeah. week was much lighter to the point that I thought they had, that, that, me too. I thought they hadn't maybe, hadn't been able to edit him out until last week. Me too. I thought maybe that that was, and then this, but then this week we see a bunch of, again, color commentary, not stuff that felt super necessary. No, he's getting the laugh lines. Yeah. He's getting the laugh lines. And that, that sucks. It sucks. And I wish that that was not happening. The men all have to eat a habanero pepper and then do a proposal next to a silver vomit bucket. (laughs) I just had to call this out because I can't imagine wanting to be near a guy who was about to vomit a hot pepper, but that I, is what Tasha's willing near. to do for love. Tasha's um, dedicated to the cause, and <laughs> I applaud her. It was her favorite part. That is what she <laughs> I, said later. Maybe she just likes torture, which, like, you know, whenever I try to like use empathy to understand Tasha, it fails because she is such an enigma and is just based on almost everything we know about her that like it's much more fun I cannot anticipate what she will or won't like who she will or won't like it's very hard she has shocked me at every turn and I love every second of it she defies all the rule I just love it she does not fit in a box and it is beautiful to watch and she's just like a delightful presence on this show I was recently asked to sort of imagine what I would do in Tasha's position about something and I just simply could not like it's a I don't null know. set it's the circle with the cross you can't it's impossible <laughs> like uh, we share nothing like I hate everyone <laughs> she loves everyone like she enjoys being around people and having fun and I don't you know <laughs> well there's one thing I'm pretty sure of which is based on the kiss and this moment they share she is not into Bennett that is how yeah. I felt So we head into the evening truth portion of the date and Bennett gets that first, that first spotlight time with her. She has seemed excited about Bennett and it has been one of the more enigmatic components of her persona for me. Um, I struggle to see her with Bennett. I struggle to see most people with Bennett, but most human um, women. Tisha among them. (laughs) Um, But he is opening up to her he says you know I was engaged before I was dialed up for a wedding as they say (laughs) yeah as all of them very normally say (laughs) um and she asks why he cut it off and he says you know it's really tough to talk about but you know long story short my parents had a bad marriage sometimes he would get married for the wrong reason and I just knew it wasn't right and so I didn't do it and no regrets. Um, but being on a knee, proposing to her with a habanero pepper in his mouth was a reality <laughs> check 
for him. It excited him. He's like, I, I've been in this situation before. I can see myself here again with Tasha and it being basically being with the right decision this time. Um, I, I have so did. there's so much. It's so rich. It's a rich ground. <laughs> I want to talk to this woman so badly. I, know. I just am so desperate to know <laughs> the very simple explanation she has about why this didn't happen, which I am 100% positive is the case. I'm just positive. I I we, don't it's hard for me to imagine Bennett existing outside of the show. <laughs> I know that he does. But it's difficult to imagine. He exists and, within the show and on retreats, Claire. We know yeah, he on loves, some retreats, this man loves to retreat. He's fat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I don't see it with Bennett long term, but I do think that he just has some qualities that Tasha has been drawn to in the past but maybe similar to to jpj you know there's yeah, like yeah. the bougie finance bro thing like he seems sort of worldly and is sort like of he's a used to the comfortable which I think things she, yeah she it was just a body language weird. thing for me honestly it was like watching her when they were sitting with their legs in the pool it was just like she is actively hoping he won't kiss her but knows it's coming like i just i could be reading yeah. too much into it but I no just, i i think I you might be right i think that he's not gonna be top four which I thought maybe at the beginning he would be and now I think like there's clearly a bunch of other people she likes more than him but he's you know entertaining enough so he'll stick around for a while just maybe not for sex no sex no I really don't I don't see it oh god especially given that the orgasm like no 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 yeah that's a Um. (laughs) no-go She sits down with some of the other guys. Uh, Blake tells her that he has good relationships with all of his exes, which she's very impressed by. I love that. Um, I like that too. I want to fact check with that. I want to fact check that. (laughs) You're like, Um, I'm not sure I buy it. There's Um, full exes who are like, he won't recognize me as an ex. (laughs) I'm just saying. (laughs) Yeah, all the exes I choose to acknowledge, I have good relationships with. Yeah. You can say anything. What's going to happen? You know, the ex is not been ascertained yet as an ex, (laughs) and thus I have no support from him. It's a very Um, timely joke. (laughs) She asked Kenny if he would be smart assy with her parents, and he says no, but like it's not very convincing. I liked Um, that Riley, that she asked Riley if he would prioritize family over a demanding career, because I feel like this is. A question that women often get and yes. I kind of like to see it flipped and Riley <laughs> I just I have such a soft spot for me Riley too, but I adore him made me laugh so hard he did not do this on purpose but basically she was like so you're an attorney you're super successful would you be able to prioritize our family over that and he's like yep all five kids and I'm definitely just gonna take my foot off the gas at work <laughs> we're gonna support them with air and love and we will not in any way be relying on the fact that I am an attorney and you are an influencer and we will just take it super easy with these five kids that we will support somehow I just thought it was so funny it was like the real world with the emotional impact of that question like colliding yes. in this hilarious <laughs> true these guys I are mean, obsessed with her. I actually don't know that we've ever had a bachelorette that's had this high a hit rate. They, I think to a person would die for her already at this point. Like, I, they're obsessed I have to, with her. 
I it's weird. This was not what I expected to happen. Like I don't I could not have predicted this. But I think that actually having them all get dumped by Claire <laughs> and then so having Tasha nice walk in like beautiful and excited to see them created a really strong bond. Like they were all so grateful to her for like rescuing their bachelorette experience and giving them a chance and seeming more interested in them than Claire was because Claire was only interested in Dale. That like if if she had come in at the beginning as like magnetic as she clearly is, there's always guys who are like, nah, nah, nah. Instead they're just like, thank you for being Tasha. Like, <laughs> thank you for being here and like looking good in a bikini and like caring about my dating history. It's it's They're a just different crazy for her. Vibe. It's amazing. I <laughs> love to see it. I love to see it. Um, Tasha and uh, Zach have their chat in the hot tub. I was really Whenever hoping. That happens, I'm always curious about how these evenings unfold. Like I'm like, you were in evening wear, now you're in a hot tub. Like what happened? I think they're just like leading her around, being like, okay, time to get here's the bathing your, suit now. Here's suit. your bikini. Here's the hot tub. I'm Zach, obsessed get in with there the too. Hotel. I'm obsessed with the COVID version of the show. I know. Me like, too. I, I honestly I hope they never go back. Me too. I would just want to see them like grapple with conference room dates forever. It makes me so. Dale happy. and Claire got engaged, having only been around each other in one location. Um, Tasha, if she chooses someone, will also they will have only been on one place. If you go into like iPhoto maps, like all of the photos they have together will be one doc, and they have committed to <laughs> Look, spend the rest of their lives I'm, together. I'm here. I'm here for it. I, I as long as they. I was hoping with Tasha and Zach that we were going to get, like, something a little more substantive. And I know. Yet again, I was hoping for the addiction conversation. Yeah, the addiction it's, conversation or a conversation about the fact that he's been married before. Like, we get none of that again. Of but we did they, get the do seem, they seem to have good chemistry. It, it is all vibes with them. Like, I, I feel like they both seem, especially Zach, you would expect a more serious substantive conversation but it ends up being a lot of wistful staring and like banalities like what scares you about marriage you know life happens it's not always (laughs) gonna be this and then they just make out and it's yeah it's not what you expect because there are so many much more substantive conversations happening on the show and Zach seems to be in the mix with those guys who we're seeing those deeper conversations with but it's like their chemistry is so powerful. And he's just an adult. Like the other yes. thing is that I, there's a lot of raw nerves. Again, see previous comment about how obsessed with her they are. But like a lot of them are very nervous this far into the season in kind of an abnormal way. But he, I believe is, is he sober? Yes. Yeah. He is. So he has no, he doesn't have the liquid courage resources that the other guys have, which is something I loved. He was like, you were misreading my shyness. I'm just really nervous around you. And I really loved like that. Raw nervousness, which I loved. And I think that might also be why he's a slower burn because like the other guys have this weapon that have, has been used by every person who's come through this show with like two exceptions to yeah. pad all landings and well, does not have that. Maybe next week we'll finally get. I know it's coming, and so I'm just like, I want, I want the the deep conversation, Zach. <laughs> yeah, but I think we're gonna get it soon. Not all um, in one week. It's better. Than I know they couldn't. I get it. They had to spread it out. They couldn't. Like, I get it. I get it. We, you know, good things come to those who wait. She does give Zach the group date, Rose. 
Oh, yes, but actually I had a question about this. She does this thing that I don't think anyone has done before where she gives little comments to each person or they some of the people. No, they actually do that every single time. They do? I, that was my yeah. question. Yeah. Yeah, they make them compliment a few people every oh, every like time. That. Sometimes they show it. Sometimes, often they I just like, cut everything. I, don't I think feel I've ever like seen they usually don't show it because right, they usually I'm don't so show it. Trained to, I wrote down like Tasha gives the group date rose to to Blake, and I was Me surprised, too. but he was the first. I'm like that's so consistently the case, but it makes sense that they would that they would do it to give themselves options of things to show. Yeah, yeah, I've heard from people who have been on the show that like that's common they say they do that every time we just don't get to see it okay now we get to the ben and ed portion which it's a tasha hunt chris harrison also like a scavenger just, like, really hunt. That truly wrong. earning his keep i mean he's oh, yeah. out here sipping vav and like eating crab legs and now he has to have like a 3 a.m 3 a.m conversation with Ed in his private chambers. How, can we talk about how we think this, what actually happened on I this think night? This is yeah, what I so think. Let's, let's first skim over okay. what we see. Okay. Ben is upset because last week, we may remember, he didn't get time with her on the date. She was disappointed in him for not going after the time. And she says that to him. He needs to fix it before the rose ceremony. So he decides to sneak over that night after the group date to see her. Ed apparently simultaneously is also feeling like he needs to do something to ensure a rose. He says, I'm going to pull out the whole bag of tricks and he heads out to find Tasha. We see them both walking through the resort. We see a knock. Tasha gets up from the couch, but it's when Ed, you know, in front of the door that Ed is knocking on, it turns out to be Chris Harrison's door. Um, ben conversely ends up with Tasha. Which at first I thought they were really going to troll Ben super hard and make him lose this opportunity yet again. Um, I was glad they were a little kinder to Ben. And I guess then they ended up trolling Ed instead. But it was like clearly production having fun and editors having fun. This is like sophisticated. I mean, I think that what happened is that they look, I think Ben had a conversation with the producer and they were like, yes. you know, look, she likes bold moves. You need to make a move. You need to go. And probably Ed had a similar conversation. But they know Ed's not a front runner. So they were just like, yeah, Ed, I think like her her room is over there. And I think production just straight up told him to go to Chris Harrison's room. And so do you think it was hilarious? This was happening kind of simultaneously, or do you think these were two different nights? Because the idea that because that's true, it I could be two it, different obviously. nights. I was like. LOL, they're sending them the same. To, they're sending them both to Tasha's room. This is hilarious. They're such assholes. And then I was like, oh my God, something even weirder happened that I really wasn't expecting. And then with the the room service delivery, like this was like masterfully. Oh, this, this is fascinating. They, they're really funny. like learning how to to do this whole one location thing. Better. They don't have much to work with. So they have to like, <laughs> the set pieces are the people. It's more horrifying than it usually yeah. is. <laughs> Yeah, Sorry. it definitely it could have been different nights because the the action is all in the editing. It's all in the making the yeah, two there's... walks happen at the same time. Ed knocks, we see Tasha get up, but then when she opens the door, it's Ben there. 
the door that Ed knocks on is opened. It's Chris Harrison. It seems to all be happening simultaneously. There's a lot of suspense. But who It could have been different nights. It also could have been the same night. It doesn't end up really mattering because they keep them both in separate locations the whole time. time. So funny. (laughs) Chris, Um, again, Chris Harrison, just like out here having 3 a.m. red wine with Ed. Like, it is extremely clear that the production planned to send Ed to this other room. Because Chris was awake at 2.30 a.m. Dressed. And dressed you know, and ready to offer Ed uh, a drink and have an on-camera conversation with him. So I'm pretty sure that Chris Harrison knew this was happening. Yes. <laughs> um, and Tasha also, like, I think, knew something was happening because yes. she is in full makeup. And, and not her hair is immaculate. T-shirt. <laughs> and not a T-shirt. Who doesn't sleep in a T-shirt with a large knot over the belly? And my midriff showing? Why would I deprive my bed of my midriff? <laughs> exactly. Look, you need to show off for your bed. Your bed deserves the best. <laughs> Honestly, you, our beds you know. see so much of us these days. They it's do deserve true. our best. Every once in a while, they deserve like a nice pressed pajamas. So they can be like, okay, I feel, I, I feel. Yeah, they're like, again. wow, I've been subjected to a lot of the same pair of ratty pajama pants. Uh, your laptop, all your food. Yeah, tears. all your food. Yeah, a Shoes. lot of crying um, and your dirty hair. So thank you. But yeah, this was very, very well edited. And um, they clearly are throwing Ben a bone here because he gets to, to you know, make up with Tasha and prove that he's here to quote unquote fight for her. Um, and it's interesting. Tasha seems to have like, be like specifically suspicious of Ben in a way that she's not of some of the other men. Well, because I think what he's probably not saying is production fucked me. Like, I think that's what he's saying. Oh, for sure. For sure. Swearing rules. Um, But I think that they're sitting there and she's sort of like, what what was your deal? And what he should say is every producer told me that that was a great idea to like, you know, to wait and be last. Exactly. And uh, they screwed me because you got tired like a person and wanted to end the night and I hadn't seen you. And now I'm here because they feel bad. And like, it's just too much fourth wall breakage. So instead he's left with just um, My what I thought up. was like, yeah, for what it was, like a pretty good apology. It was heartfelt. Yeah. It felt really bad. And uh, as we've already seen, he takes the note, implements it. He's ready to make this correction. Ben is here to take feedback, to sit with it, and to act on that feedback. And who doesn't want that? That's a good quality. I love that, again, (laughs) we get a little little education from Taisha. She's like, I loved that he, you know, listened to my feedback and that he really registered my disappointment, that I communicated to him clearly. He registered it. He stepped back. He reflected. And he came back at the right moment to apologize. It's a full performance You can't review. just be like, Tasha, I'm sorry. You have to, like, do the steps. And that's there's something very true about that. Like, to properly make things up to someone, it's not necessarily a, a straightforward process. You've got to It's a restorative apology. Yourself. He modeled mm-hmm. a restorative apology. He actually <laughs> he orders her room service did. champagne. <laughs> He orders a room service champagne like he he's going above and beyond at, at a moment when she is ready to receive it rather than on his own schedule. And that's beautiful. And he did the smartest thing, which is that he didn't tell anyone about it. Yeah. And 
which is yes. the smartest thing. This is what happens when you have grown ups. And then the next night, sorry, I'm jumping ahead, but just really, no, no, quickly. it's fine. Like it's part of what made the whole thing smart is that he didn't talk to people in the house. And thus, the next night when he pulls her first, they're like, makes sense. Good for him. He's finally getting his time. Yeah, and she's no like, one is this pissed. makes sense. Yeah, it's so perfect. Sorry. Had well played, played Ben. But ben is a sleeper hit, I think. Like, I think we're going to see Ben pull ahead now. Yeah, yeah and he's and like, I'm going on a secret mission. He's like, it's been a couple years. And I was like, oh, yeah, you were fully in the army. <laughs> like, you've been on literal secret missions. Yeah, when he like, said, like, I've hotel. never, when he said, I've never in my life been more nervous than I was last night, I was like, really? Like, listen, they not love trained for this. Or, Emma. They like, love her. I'm telling you, <laughs> it's like on another level. It's a, it's 2020 irrational pandemic love. It's like a kind of love we can't, we will never like, know. Like, you're the only human woman that we've you're literally seen the only who will make eye contact other than your with best us. best friends and all the producers. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's well played. Um, and I also just want to briefly touch again on Ed and Chris Harrison. <laughs> we see a little bit more of their chat later. Um, in the credits. Which is when, in the credits. But throughout, like, Chris Harrison's appearances, there's just a special, like, specific Chris vibe when he is doing a bit that we saw so much of this episode. Like, he's, like, a famous non-actor who's doing a cameo on a sitcom. Like, he's like, I've been given a role. This is so fun. Like, I'm going to sit here drinking champagne by the pool. Oh, you need an autograph on your butt? (laughs) That's crazy. He also gives 120%. Like, his performances are, like, if anything, pull them back a little. Like, he gives everything (laughs) he's got to these performances. Now, he doesn't have a lot going on. As an actor, you have some notes for Chris I just, there's, like... When I say he, like, does an animated face doing all these things, you can picture what I'm describing. Like, he over-animates himself in these moments. He's being Chris Harrison, capital C, capital H, Chris Harrison. Yeah. Guys, I think I think it's this great. might be, be penance for the fact that he is going to leave the show for a couple weeks be- to take his son to college and then quarantine when he gets back. So I guess we haven't reached that point yet, but I felt like he was like, I better really show up. <laughs> because I'm leaving the bubble to take my child to to university. We love to see a man with a high power career putting his kids exactly just like Riley to be on a college campus during a pandemic. I was just going to say, bring it home to you for Thanksgiving. Yeah, very responsible. You know what? I don't trust Chris Harrison. I don't believe he wears a mask (laughs) enough, but that's, you know, look, it's beyond the point. Um, No, but we're at the cocktail party. Um, and and also later, uh, we do get some more notes for Chris. Ed points out that he no longer knocks when he comes into the guy's room to tell them about the next date. And they kind of miss the knock. They like a little warning. And Chris is like, you know what? Fair. It's a little rude of me to just like barge on in. It was a, a nice moment to see Chris just, human accepting feedback. I loved it because it really I was like. I wrote, I love this weird hotel version of the show so much because they are roommates having a roommate conversation while they're not in the same, while they're not in the same apartment. They are so up each other's assholes, this whole (laughs) cast and crew and everyone that they are literally like, dude, you have, we're drawing a line. It's been talked about in the house. The fact that this has been a discussion, they are assembled 
in a semicircle on a couch waiting for Chris to walk in every time he walks in. And yet they just need a little buffer. Like they need Look, a knock and then an entrance. That's it's what good to set boundaries when you're in a new living situation. It is so funny. I'm so obsessed with this. I hope they do it every time and I hope everyone can't leave. Like, I, I love it. Exactly I'm like very this. on board. So, um, so we finally get to the cocktail party and this is where we get Noah stirring the pot again in a way that just like he really ends up screwing himself in the long run. This is a I real believe. cell phone. Yeah, I mean there is a little foreshadowing of this. Um, we see Ed, you know, warning Easy. I think you know, be careful with Noah. He's going to try to get back at us for calling him out. You know, he has a rose, so he has nothing to lose bringing something up which I was sort of like you always have something to lose because you might not get a rose next week if you diminish yourself too much in the bachelorette size by getting pulled into drama but it turns out Ed is right because Noah feels like he has nothing to lose and he might as well try to take some pot shots at some of the other guys um so after Ben pulls her aside and they have a nice uh interlude um Tasha's feeling really good about her group. She's like, these are all great guys. You know, Riley had a cute little contract, a boyfriend-girlfriend contract. Um, ben is saying all the right things. These are all just solid dudes. And then she sits down with Noah. And Noah lets her know that he has some things on his mind. Specifically, that when he jumped the fence to enter the ring, he knew he'd get heat from the guys, but her opinion was more important. However... Since then, the guys have been rolling their eyes at him. They've been saying that he just got the rose to cause drama. And Tasha's like, a little upset. She's like, no, I, that's not the case. They're just jealous. Don't even worry about it. Like, I genuinely felt like we had a connection. And Noah's like, okay, I see it didn't go far enough. What really bothers me is that them saying that the rose was just for show, you know, they're saying that that means you're not taking it seriously. He's and this like, is when Tasha gets look. really pissed. He's like, I'm not here to tell on any guys. I'm just here to tell on the guys. <laughs> no. Okay, wait. Like, I am he either I have also been gaslit into oblivion by this, or I'm just genuinely confused because it is true that like one of the biggest tropes, especially of the Bachelorette, is that the guys interpret the roses as uh, to make them feel better as either things she's doing for drama and because production wants it or because she doesn't know what's good for her because obviously she would be picking me if she knew what was good for her. And in this moment, weirdly, he is actually saying he's calling them out to her for being in the both camps, one of which is like, okay, welcome to the show. And the other is like, yes, that's a problematic thing that men are doing. It's paternalistic. And I just, my brain was scrambled by this moment, honestly. Well, what's very weird about it to me is that you're right. Those are very common tropes on the show. We have not, as an audience, really seen it happen with Noah's Rose ourselves. Like he is claiming right. that they are saying, Tasha doesn't take this seriously because she gave you that rose or Tasha only gave you that rose to cause drama. She's not really looking for love. We haven't ourselves really seen that laid out so explicitly. We've seen the guys be like, she's not going to end up with you. You're not a real contender. We've seen them say like, it's bullshit that you got the rose basically. But the way that he frames it to her as they're actually saying that you're not taking this seriously. 
I don't think we saw that. So no, either it's I don't happening. think we saw any of it, but it's just easy for me to imagine. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I could see them being saying something like surmising that production encouraged her to give that rose or something like that. Um, and maybe that's why we didn't see it aired. But I just I felt like this framing on Noah's part was like really a stretch. And well, because what? Yeah, and it was manipulative, yeah. and like, and it was all manipulative. Things, but, and it was meant to yeah. get her very angry. And because what's interesting is that first he says it kind of in the way that, that we did see it, that we did sort of see it, which is yeah. they think I just got the rose to cause drama. And when it's not framed explicitly to her as they think you're not taking this seriously, she doesn't care. She's like, "Don't worry about that. That happens. They're jealous. Like, ignore it." He has to frame it as though they are explicitly saying, Taisha isn't doing this right. Taisha is not really looking for love. Um, rather than having that be like the implication of them questioning the rose being given to him, they have to be like saying Taisha sucks for her to get upset. And so he takes it a step further and claims that they are saying that. Is there evidence of that? Not that we've seen. True, true, true. She is so <laughs> pissed. And they immediately, like, meerkats. They sit, like, straight up, and they are so scared. They are, again, so obsessed with her. The idea that she is mad at one of them, all of them, none of them, and just angry at something else is, like, horrifying to them. And seeing the looks on their faces is unbelievable. But she basically says the thing. She answers to both of those things, to both the things that he brought up. Like, if you think I'm doing things just for drama and if you don't think that I'm like making my own choices that I can, I'm trusting my instincts and she addressed the paternalism as well. And so it elicited a speech that I like really loved hearing on this show where she finally is saying to all the guys who are constantly commenting on whether or not this guy's the right guy for this woman or like how can she not see that this guy you know she finally is like stop I have eyes and ears and judgment and opinions and taste and like let me do my thing just date me (laughs) you know the fact that it elicited that speech made me really grateful but he's like gross and needs to go home immediately obviously but I just liked her speech basically yeah the speech was satisfying but then like she leaves and all of the men are very understandably like deeply confused they're like wait who questioned her who said she what like they were like none of us said that what are you talking about and it comes out that Noah has never brought any of these concerns (laughs) up to them and they're all like wait, literally, this is the first we're hearing that you even felt this way. Um, not that I'm saying that in reality, him bringing those things up to them would have no, been effective. No, I love their weird rules. But the rules they were just the like, they were just, I, I thought it was so funny how like genuinely baffled they were. They were just like, Well, and also who, Jason what? is like what? hiding his face and then also now switches to not being on Team Noah anymore yeah. suddenly. He's like, yeah, this kid is a joke. He's definitely trouble. <laughs> like, but he... <laughs> We watched them have this conversation at the beginning, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the guys are all completely baffled. Um, They're like, thank you, Taisha, for your beautiful reprimand. However, we don't know what it was for. Uh, (laughs) Anyone know what it was for? And Noah's like, I know. I told her that... Noah's like trying to hide. He's like trying to hide in the corner, and they're like, look, who who, who was the last one to talk to her? And he's like... 
He's like the meek little one. Like, was I? Yeah, he raises me. one finger. He's like, who, who can say? I, I just, might know. I might I just, have an idea. I, just, I could be wrong, but it might. I just said a little thing, and it was, so you know, says, you know, I understand why she's upset inadvertently by saying that you gave me the rose that she gave me the rose for show. Inadvertently, it was questioning her judgment. And what's interesting is I think that was his initial strategy was to make that less direct claim and then have her react with offense. Well, and he has played chess in the house before, so it's possible that he's <laughs> capable of these things, which I would not have thought. That's... But then when it didn't work, he was like, uh, fuck it. I'll just frame it explicitly <laughs> for her that way and then uh, pretend She'll like I don't this. know how she got that impression. <laughs> when she walks into the room and they start to stand up and she basically mimics the like cut signal where she like swipes at her neck to be like, this isn't, this is not that moment. I am very pissed at you. I'm coming. Did you miss this moment? Yeah. Oh, no, I, I saw it. Oh, my God. I it's saw so it. good. She comes in. They start standing up like immediately. And she's like, this not it. <laughs> this is and this is again where Tasha is giving that like very good stern but loving teacher and or camp counselor vibe. She's like, I'm That's disappointed so in you. You need to think about what you've done. I want movie to be night is clear. canceled. Goodbye. This will this will be a good summer, but only if you behave well. Yes, totally. <laughs> and by the way, it also elicited a line that gave ABC its next show, which is when Bennett said, "I'm not on the Babysitter. I'm on the Bachelorette." And oh by the God. way, ten out of ten would watch the Babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> would watch it so hard. I don't know what it is. Is it babysitters competing to take care of some kids? I don't know. Yes. I just am spitballing here. You're welcome. Sacrifice ABC. the children. Bennett is really on a tear. Like he he's saying to Noah, like, you're a child. This feels like having an argument with a 14 year old. Tasha will never end up with you. I'm sorry to be the one to tell you that. And then he goes to his in the moment and says, I'm here for love, not to breastfeed <laughs> Noah. I'm like, I'm not Which honestly, so as wise. a breastfeeding mother, I did not expect to have my current reality <laughs> reflected so accurately on camera. On Do you too feel like you are breastfeeding Noah? <laughs> I mean, I have to say Is that what breastfeeding feels like? Yeah. <laughs> our experiences seem a little bit different, but every breastfeeding journey is unique. And that's one of the things that's so beautiful about motherhood. <laughs> yeah. It's just the strangest. Yeah, it's I mean, this was the strangest a, thing. Bennett seems to uh, have some hang-ups about He's just care, a, which he's I think Tasha should look into before she has five children with him. Very that's true. He's just a sort of classic elitist and this <laughs> just like can't he just like can't understand what's happening around him. A babysitter me? I went to Harvard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, I did, am not here dropping H-bombs to have to I'm do an something like breastfeeding. <laughs> yeah. Or a nanny. I'm not a babysitter. We don't. I mean, I would have to just, I would have to say to Bennett, you would be surprised, um, but you shouldn't be, how many Ivy-educated women become nannies. It's a great job, can pay very well, and very shaping true. future minds. Nothing very wrong with true. that. Um, Kenny does have the theory that this is a chess move. Mm-hmm. He's like, I saw Noah playing chess in the house. I think this is just because <laughs> Ivan is desperate and is tired of playing chess against himself. <laughs> That's uh, true. And yeah, like yeah, Chasen has turned on. <laughs> so on Noah. Yeah, look, Noah has no allies now. Spencer is just sitting there quietly. He's like, I am. <laughs> Not associating myself Jason with anything. 
with the name that was invented for this show. Oh, yeah. Oh, Jason yes. was made to go on The Bachelorette. It's like a neural network Bachelorette <laughs> contestant name. Yeah. It's like... Yeah, our neural network named a whole season of Bachelorette contestants. Half of them are named Chasen. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Tasha comes in, doesn't even... Mm-mm. So she's canceled the rest of the cocktail party. Not mm-hmm. all the guys have gotten time. She comes in. They're all waiting for the rose ceremony. Doesn't even say anything to them. Oh, there is no toast. She they're will not be toasting I, to these bad I've, boys tonight. I've never seen the guys so in trouble for doing <laughs> nothing. Like... <laughs> There have been times when there's so much more actual drama and misbehavior among the contestants when the night goes relatively normally. And instead, they have basically been falsely accused. And she comes in and they are more in the doghouse than any group of contestants I've ever seen. Ever. Um, She just stares them down. Finally, she just picks up a rose. Noah, Ivan, and Zach already have roses. So the roses go to Ben, Easy, Riley, Brendan, Bennett, Blake, Damar, Spencer, and Ed. That means going home, Jordan, Chasen, Kenny, and Joe. Joe so surprised. I, I love Joe so much. I'm me too. I, I need him to come on this podcast. Joe, please. If you're podcast, out there listening, to if you're this. out there listening, I don't think you are. Um, you're probably as an anesthesiologist in New York City, you are probably grappling with um perhaps some more important things than this podcast, but <sighs> standing invite. Yeah. I, I mean, standing invite. And I was just very sad to see him go. It, he, the interview, Claire sent me an interview that he did with EW this morning and it was just like very delightful. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want yeah. the best for Joe. I want him Ditto. to find a, a nice, wonderful woman to settle down with. And I would like to be his friend. Yes. Yeah, he he talked to Kristen Baldwin, friend of the pod at Aww. EW, and they talk about him, you know, being in a hospital in New York, that a very hard-hit hospital during uh, the, the first wave of COVID, um, his recovery from COVID. She's like, asks him if he would be interested in being the first Asian bachelor, and he's like, I hope I'm not single by then. <laughs> Just generally very relatable, wonderful seeming guy and I wish that he weren't gone so soon Mm -hmm. and I also wish maybe that Ed weren't hanging around um I am mystified I was confused because I thought maybe Ed was like gonna be around because of his conflict with Noah but then it turns out Bennett and Noah are on the two on one not Ed so who who can say why Ed's still there Kenny kind of surprised me yeah as well I wonder if they just want options because, like, if Bennett, if she wants to, like, really keep Bennett around, maybe they would throw Ed the two-on-one day. <laughs> listen, listen to me try to get into the mind of a Bachelor I producer. Know. I have no idea what they're doing. Um, but, yeah, that, that really brings us to the end. Noah is like, I don't want to be the villain, but I'm not changing. If anything, I'm going to get worse. <laughs> You're like, oh, to be a 25-year-old. You are the youngest just, person on the show. Yeah, he and is it does the not production's feel like dream. we're breastfeeding him. <laughs> it's just exactly what breastfeeding exactly feels like, I imagine. Um, breastfeeding. Yeah, it's if tragic. anything, these men understand motherhood. I just, obviously. It's, it's tragic how much when he said that, I thought, well, that just really sums up a lot of 
what I hear people saying about their choices in life right now. It's like, I don't want to be the villain, but I'm not going to do anything differently. In fact, I will make worse choices. And I'm going to aggressively that. spread this virus. Yeah, like, look, guys, th- this, is, this is America. It's very on brand. You are free to do that. Like Kenny's chest tattoo and his cleavage, uh, which I was just getting used oh, to. I, I know, but I'm thank you for being another person who recognizes the egregiousness of Kenny's chest tattoo. It's, chest tattoo. I need, is this the most chessy season of The Bachelorette ever? It's, it's so like chesty. They are deep, to the Queen's deep. They're doing, they're doing ITM's shirtless. <laughs> the necktie is out. Like these, this is, you know, this is fashion. We're watching men's fashion in action. <laughs> if men's fashion takes a hard turn toward chest tattoos, I don't know how I'm going to cope. I just, um, when I contrast the, when Claire, cause you were like, I think they're more in trouble than any group. And I was like, no, actually this same group got in really, really big trouble with Claire for not jumping up to try to take her <laughs> for a conversation. And they cared not one bit. <laughs> they cared that's not true. at all. I would say the theme of this season is a, a relatively well-behaved group of guys getting in a lot of trouble for very small missteps. <laughs> it's true. And, and they're just no trouble it. for big missteps. <laughs> Exactly. Well, and balls and real men and that's this season <laughs> and a quick conversation about race that about yeah. sums it up and journey. I think that's kind of a, a perfect note for us to end on Allison thank you so much this is as always a true delight it is so nice to see your face um, because it's been a while given that we've been in this global pandemic for a long time time <laughs> <Incalculable>. <laughs> like I forever for my whole life my whole life we were born into COVID we've lived in COVID we'll die and we'll COVID. continue to know yeah. I don't want to go there this is a delight thank you guys so much I miss you all um I this yeah this is great I'm very grateful to be able to talk about the most important show in my life <laughs> yes thank you so much for joining us this was a lot of fun I missed I missed this during my season off and I hope we can do it again soon. Yes. So now it's time for Feminism Fails. And I'd just like to say we really do not have a lot here because this was a pretty good episode for feminism and like (laughs) generally for humanity. Um, You just you, you love to see it, Claire. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say that, like, it's good for feminism in the sense of, like, moving the cause forward actively, but, like, definitely not as many above-the-baseline egregious fails as we often see. Um, so we really to just To be have clear, one... this show is not... Um, I didn't mean in the sense of, <laughs> you know, advancing the political uh, goals of the movement, more just <laughs> not actively harming them. Yes, less less than usual. Um, you know, we have one uh, sort of silly fail that I that we wanted to 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 note, which is Bennett saying that he's not here to breastfeed Noah, which <laughs> we're gonna give it to. I think it's sort of an icky joke, um, but mainly I just think it's interesting the way that men get humor out of the idea of them doing some sort of. Uh, nurturing child care work that uh, women do um, that is comically ill-suited to masculinity. 
Obviously, Bennett probably cannot physically breastfeed, and I'm sure Noah is no longer um, nursing. Uh, but uh, there is an undertone to that joke that I think just you'd be unlikely to see a woman make it for that reason, because it's sort of playing on the absurdity of a man doing that kind of nurturing. And um, the follow-up jokes about being not being a babysitter uh, sort of continue to riff on that. And... Um, not really egregious i just thought it was silly (laughs) worth noting Uh, and on that note that's it for here to make friends thanks to our guest allison williams and of course our tireless producers nick offenberg and sarah patterson give us a follow on facebook and instagram at here to make friends pod and you can follow us individually on instagram and twitter i'm at claire e fallon and i'm at emma lady rose We'll be back next week to recap the next episode of The Bachelorette. And in the meantime, happy Thanksgiving. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.